Aloha and welcome to Our Undoing Radio Season 2. Although this podcast is taped in seasons, you don't have to have listened to Season 1 to get anything out of Season 2, vice versa is also the case. Much like Season 1, we're going to be doing uh, some positive negation, although this time we're going to be a little more loosey-goosey with it. We're also going to be uh, doing it on the social, on societal constructs. Which means we're going to be talking about politics a bit, we're going to be talking about religion a bit, science a bit, and uh, so probably I'll just be offending a lot of people. And most likely starting with this very episode. So get ready for that. If you are an OurUndoing.com member, you are listening to this entire season right now. You're binge listening to the whole thing. If you are not a member, you're hearing it... Yes, for free, but you're listening to it one week at a time. Wherever it is one listens to podcasts, uh, you will, of course, always get this for free weekly, but you could become a member and you could get everything right now all up front. We love that, right? Americans, at least. <laughs> we, we love having everything right now, um, as well as essays, videos, all kinds of stuff. It is a multimedia, ever-growing website that is geared toward bringing you from brain self-awareness into heart self-awareness and then transcending that into wholeness. No less than that. No different than that either. And so um, it takes a, a type of precision and curiosity and caring and honesty that we uh, get into for free here on the show, of course. So if you're broke or you're stingy or you just aren't sure, <laughs> uh, you can always get this for free. But you could also write to me, Jeremy, at OurUndoing.com. And uh, if you're broke, um, I know how that is from many, many years of being broke. Write to me. Don't feel shy or embarrassed. Write to me and... Um, We'll work something out because I feel that the material is more important than the money. And as I said, I think in the intro to the last season, um, the money is really more about keeping trolls out. Um, so while I recognize that the price tag can be steep, it's also a finite price tag. So, you know, if you're doing a monthly subscription, you're only paying 12 months. And if you decide you want to stop in the middle and pick it up again, you can do that too uh, and only pay 12 months and then you get the website for the rest of your life or for the rest of the life of the website uh, for free thereafter. Or you can just plunk down your 333 and change or whatever it is um, and uh, get the lifetime membership. Um, and then, of course, those funds go toward the production of the thing and also uh, bringing speakers to the island um, that we can videotape and do audio sessions with um, for the website. So it all goes back into the website via Jalon Productions. Um, well, technically, it goes into Jalon Productions. So it's a great big monetary circle of life for your benefit, for all of our benefit. But again, I reiterate, because no one actually took me up on it uh, during the last season, if you cannot afford the price tag and you're deeply, seriously committed to this type of understanding, let me know, jeremy, at OurUndoing.com, and we'll work it out. 
And that's probably the perfect place to begin this uh, this kickoff episode to season two, because we're going to be talking about distraction and attention and just what does it mean to be serious about something like this. Um, now, of course, I do other podcasts. I've been podcasting, it seems like forever, <laughs> at least uh, for the last 10 years or so. Uh, and most of that podcasting, some of it was comedy, but most of it had to do with um, high strangeness experiences, the buzzwords here being UFOs and alien abductions. And of course, um, for those of you who know me from there, you know that I don't um, I don't play well with those terms. I don't think they, they well, UFO, okay, that's fine-ish, but um, I don't believe in alien abductions per se. At least I don't believe that that, that term um, is a correct term to use for the phenomenon that is happening. Um, I think it's a mystery, right? But it is... Um, it is a term that we all know. And so, um, and it is the subject, unfortunately, uh, that that term is applied to more often than not. So what is one to do except use it and then go, see, this isn't exactly what I'm talking about. But you'd be surprised, maybe, <laughs> at how many people, how many listeners uh, don't actually hear anything that I'm saying. And I mean... They can be long-time listeners, and it's as if they've heard not a word I've said, um, because their minds are just glued to these buzzwords. They they cue in and right, and we hear these buzzwords. And we go, "Oh, that's my interest." It's really a fetish at this point for most people, and they go, "Oh, that's my interest." Therefore, he must think like me. Therefore, I know exactly what this is about. And so I don't even know if they turn it on or they just comment on it without turning it on. I, I have no idea what they actually do. I suspect it just is background noise. They just like hearing a voice saying these words over and over again, UFO, alien abduction, high strangeness, ghosts, spirit, whatever. They like hearing these words and it's like a reverse Mad Lib. In a Mad Lib, you have full, almost full sentences and uh, that are given to you on a page, and then you fill in certain words, and it's supposed to be funny, haha, the way you twist the sentence around with your words. Well, this is the reverse of that. They're hearing just words <laughs> and filling in the entire sentences with what they think this is about, what they think these words mean. And so I'm irrelevant in that equation. We're not even meeting in a talk show host listener way anymore. And I wonder if part of that is because of the so-called age of the internet where we're so disconnected. Um, but this disconnection is our relationship. Now it is how we form our sense of relationship and community at this point for so many of us that we bring our, um, well, we bring ourselves with us. We bring our bad habits with us. So, for instance, if in a relationship, when you first meet somebody um, and you're reading their body language, you know, unconsciously and picking up on their tone of voice and you hear their words. And generally you are bouncing that information off what you know. It may be what you've heard about them. If they're a stranger, but someone's talked about them, it may be if they're a complete stranger other strangers, you know, you go through the list of like 
defense mechanisms. Is this stranger danger or is this a nice person? What are they saying? Um, so all of your prejudices come to the fore, right? Uh, or if it's somebody you already know, you greet them with a memory of yesterday or of a thousand yesterdays. Um, so that they no longer, you're no longer meeting each other as you are right now. You're both meeting this image that you've already formed in your mind. And that is the first thing that you engage and often the only thing that you engage. And this is what we do, right? And so do we bring this into other realms? Like right now you're listening to a voice, <laughs> um, presumably talking about something you care about and, are you really listening or did you read the subject line or the title and now my voice is just background static? You already think you know what this is about and it's just comforting to hear a voice speaking <laughs> and giving voice to your own imagination, your own image um, of what is being said. And so it doesn't really matter what's being said because you're not listening in the first place. Um, because it does seem to me that we used to actually listen, um, uh, probably when things were on the radio. I mean, definitely. I mean, I mean, I remember when I was a little kid we still listened to like radio serials, you know, like Charlotte's web. Someone would come on and do a narration. Of course, now we have audio books. Uh, but even that is background noise, right? Everything is for you to do on the go to the next thing. Um, so what is your, the quality of your relationship with, with the thing that you're actually listening to? Um, in fact, uh, I, so I do a show called the experience, which is talking to experiencers generally about their high strangeness experiences. I do it for Whitley Strieber's unknowncountry.com, And he started posting the free version. There's a shortened free version for non-subscribers and a longer subscriber version. Um, and that, so the shortened version, he started posting those on YouTube and the one that got over a thousand hits within two days of it being posted, he had titled um, something like Alien Roundtable. Now, there's no other reason for that to have over a thousand views or listens, clicks, whatever, except that the word alien is in it. Because the other shows he posted of mine don't have that many. They have about half as many in a longer span of days. So already we're clicking on something because it's got the, the key word in there that, that we care about. And so over a thousand uh, at the moment. And, and as of now, there are only four comments. And those comments are, are like, one, assuming that Whitley Strieber is the host of the show. And this happens on a number of episodes that he's put on YouTube. Now, when you look at the, the published by, yes, published by Whitley Strieber, but the the only image that's on your screen is uh, a picture of like the of the show title, the experience with my name, Jeremy Vaney, hosted by Jeremy Vaney or whatever. I mean, it's very clear. Whitley is posting someone else's show. And yet and still on just about every episode, someone chimes in with, uh, I love you, Whitley. I'll listen to anything you do or this guest host really sucks, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Uh, n no clue that this is not his show, just a show on his website that he is publishing on YouTube. Um, and so over a thousand views, four comments, all of them superfluous nonsense. And so who's listening? What is this? What is going on? 
This is a step beyond mere distraction. This is the normalization of identifying verbiage and thinking that you, like a zip file, can extract out of that verbiage exactly what the talk is about. But instead of saying you're doing that and saying, well, that's what I'm doing and I'm not listening, you actually say, no, I listen. But so many people don't. So many people tell me I have no way to get in contact with you. I had to figure it out. Despite the fact that at the beginning and and end of most episodes, I give my unknowncountry.com email address. You know, like it's just, it boggles the mind what we have become in such a short amount of time. Thanks to computing technology. Now, please don't get this twisted and think I'm just talking sour grapes. I'm really trying to point out what a lot of us are becoming because we're so we're so unconscious of of how we are now, uh, as even compared to just a few short years ago. And, and maybe part of that is a generation gap. Maybe there was no back in my day for for the younger people out there. And so they don't realize there was a world where you had to pay attention and care <laughs> and uh, ponder, understand things. That actually existed in life. It wasn't just Google search. Um, but if you are such a one who does not allow yourselves to actually hear the words and their meaning coming out of someone else's mouth, if the descriptive words are enough to believe that... Uh, what that person is saying relates exactly to how you feel um, or what your take is on a given subject. If we're that lazy about what's important to us, what does that say about the subject's importance? And what does it say about us? In fact, how many of you who commented on last season's podcast of, of this show, our and doing radio uh, actually listened to it? And how many of you commented on, the title or the show description. Um, this is something that I think we do a lot because we're used to doing that with articles. We see a flashy headline. That's enough. Or maybe we'll read the summary before we ever get to the article. And we think that's enough. And then we maybe have you ever done this? You get angry at what you're reading and you start posting about it to the author. And then the author's like, well, you didn't, you must not have actually read what I wrote because that's not what I said. Why do we do that? Why is that enough for us, do you think? I mean, I've read some comments about episodes of uh, last season where the listener is trying to make points to me about the episodes that have nothing to do with the point of the episode. So it's clear that either they don't get what they're hearing or they're literally just reading a title or a description, and they don't understand the context of why I even tell these stories out of my life for this show. And since the the thrust of the show truly is to get to wholeness, to get to consciousness prior to and inclusive of physicality, formlessness transcending and including form, to get to that as a first-person identity, not as an experience, not as a logical bunch of rationalizations that you can throw out at a party and make people walk away from you in disgust, but really truth. How, 
How do we be truth? Not speak it, not quote someone else. That is us and we are that. And I don't even like saying that because, of course, it's not a noun, really. But we must ask, which comes first? The not wanting to hear truth or the being distracted from it? I mean, think about that. Think about where we're going with all of this. Because it really did used to be, not so long ago, that our biggest problem with technology was simply the distraction. And that it was pulling our focus. Uh, it was hard to attend to anything, to give attention to anything, right? Full and undivided attention because your phone goes off, your email dings. Everything gives you a sound, a jingle, a buzz. Everything is alerting you to something else. And then everything's being advertised to you, right? And so we're being pulled in a bunch of different directions, all of them pretending to be communication, None of them saying much of anything. All of this is supposed to be helping free up our time to give us more freedom. <laughs> and I don't know how many of you remember back in the day, the microwave oven, right? That was supposed to free up a lot of time. Um, how'd that go? <laughs> Anyone free? Anyone got it? No, we're more pressed for time, and, or at least our, our sense of stress about it is greater than it ever was. And we're addicted to... Getting likes, getting shares, uh, getting positive feedback, comments, or negative feedback that we can go to war over. So the mere distraction became um, a preoccupation. It became sort of an addiction. Uh, and then that addiction, I think, has given way to a normalization. It is now... In us, it's encoded. We might as well be cyborgs at this point, right? We're like it's like encoded in us to be these cyborgs now. I don't know how literally I mean that, but just think about it. And so, let's really drill down into this. Let's dissect this. The question of which comes first: the not wanting to hear truth, the not wanting to be in real relationship with people, or the being distracted from it. Because the way that we treat these things, we treat them as though we're just distracted away from them. And if we go on the right uh, weekend retreat or we do the right online seminar, read the right books, listen to the right voices, uh, they will give us some clarity that will make it all go away. But it never does all go away, does it? And isn't that because... You don't actually want it. And the reason that you don't want it is because truth, wholeness, which carry with them right relationship, those are not you. They feel antithetical to you. Really, they have no relationship with you. And because they have no relationship with you, within you, they are not you. At least they are not your self-identity. I mean, that which transcends and includes you, truth, uh, is you, whether you know it or not, whether you be it or not. <laughs> uh, but the key here is that you cannot. <laughs> and in fact, most of us do not. Instead, we walk around as the self-center, trying to play God in our own heads. Instead of simply understanding this, which dissolves that self-center, 
and then whatever is real is true is the case. We don't want that because that takes the, the dissolving of us. So instead, we try to bring that truth to us. We hear about it. We read about it. Uh, we build paths to it. We say we're getting there. And it's the same thing with relationships. It's the same. I mean, fractally, this all spirals out in all directions of our lives. So as with ourselves, we don't meet ourselves as we truly are in wholeness. We say this partiality is human nature. It's all that there is. This flawed critter of the earth, right? Um, instead of questioning that and seeing if that's true, we just accept it. And we live it. And so we're not right with ourselves. How can we ever be right with another person? Um, we're already living in a, a fictitious image of ourselves. And so we project that out onto other people. Or we greet other people with that same mechanism. We're very mechanical that way. Now, normally, with uh, like a psychological problem or a physical problem or something along those lines... Uh, we come to understand it or diagnose it, right? And then we do something about it. But we can't do anything about this. And we keep trying to apply that type of thinking to whatever word you like, truth, wholeness, transcendence, quote-unquote enlightenment. Um, we keep trying to diagnose a problem and bring ourselves the cure or the solution. But we are the problem. And so the solution is only going to be a band-aid. It's only going to be temporary as the wound festers beneath the surface, unfortunately. And yet the real solution to this is so simple. It's simply understanding this fact that this is how we operate. This is what we are. We are thought in motion. And thought is partial. And not just partial, but it's, it's like a roadblock. Or maybe a better description is that it's a giant boulder that has dropped into a stream and dammed up the water. Dammed up the flow. And so it actually needs to be removed. All of it. All of you needs to crumble in order for wholeness to be the case. In order for the one stream to flow unimpeded. For the formless awareness that transcends and includes the form you call you to flow through and as you, as your first-person perspective, as who you are, not who you pretend to be, not who you read about and say, I want to be that, not as an ideal, but that you are that in the experiencing of life and now, this is where some of you write and say, I already am that. I do experience like that. No, you don't. You don't know what I'm talking about. And you're telling me that is a defense mechanism because you don't want to hear it. <laughs> you want to be distracted. You want to claim you already are it. You want to say, I've heard this before. Can we move on? Well, there is no moving on because this is it. This is the only free will choice that matters. Every other free will choice that is made in the uh, partial aspect that we call the whole um, is just another masturbatory practice 
in a prison. It's that drastic. It's so funny because in, in our world, right, we have relativity. I mean, relativism rules the day, and yet this one thing demands a black and white line. There's duality and there's non-duality. Duality is the illusion that exists within non-duality, but just try telling that to the dual people, which is all of us. The people who see separation and live by its code. The people who say, I think, therefore I am. And never question that? Well, in one sense, it's true. You, you think, <laughs> and that thought sure is am, sure is amming an awful lot. But there's another am transcending and including that am. And it isn't Shazam, funny enough. Sorry. <laughs> Can't take yourself too seriously doing these things, folks. So, uh, don't just um, argue with me in your head and, and don't uh, just agree with me. And don't try to relate to me by writing about things in your life that have nothing to do with what we're talking about here. Because we don't have time for this anymore. Time is up. Look around you. As we say, we're creating our own reality. We're burning the house down. Is this what you want? The answer is yes. This is what you want because this is what you're doing. And that's why it's so important to go through some of these more social and uh, culture-related issues uh, as well as the, the purely personal because they become the personal. This issue of the internet uh, is sort of an in-between because it didn't take a whole lot of time for this to become so ingrained in our lives that we say we need it to survive as a society, right? So it became both a social and a personal issue all in one, uh, almost right off the bat. But there are other issues that perhaps took time to become institutionalized. And, um, and this is what I'm getting at. We aren't whole. We are unhealthy. We mistakenly believe we are whole and healthy. And we believe that anything that we call transcendent or enlightening or whatever can be brought to us, will be added on to us. But you don't add on the healthy to the unhealthy. The positive and the negative make a negative. If I may steal from basic math for a moment. So our very sense of being in this world is unhealthy. And when a whole bunch of unhealthy people get together... They form a cluster, a cluster of unhealthy people, and they come to certain agreements, social agreements, social pacts, which are also unhealthy, and they're just doing the best they can because it's all unconscious and it's all fear-based, but this is what we do. We're born into a world that we don't understand. Uh, we, have, we just know that we have a finite time to be here, and so we make a whole bunch of stuff up just as we meet ourselves, just as we meet each other with images. The very first image that we form that is a lie is that we know anything at all in this world, right? I mean, this is just, just think about the very first people to wake up into a sense of uh, sentience such that they now fear their own death. They understand that there is a, a finite time here. And they're very afraid of, of what happens next or nothing happening next, you know. Um, and so we build a bunch of images and we live in those images. And those images are agreements. Uh, and they become institutionalized 
in our day and age to become corporatized. And then we look at these entities and we go, oh, that's a conspiracy. That's someone else doing that. No, the origin point is always you. It's always me. It's us. They're not out of our control. They're dictated by our sense of control. But then we're born into that as though it is our society, our culture. Uh, I mean, these are things that we would manifest either way, but they come prepackaged for us and we're born into them as a society, right? Um, like if you didn't have the society telling you uh, to go to war and what the rules are about that and um, to hail killers as heroes and something to aspire to be, but peaceful people, uh, nonviolent people to sort of regard with admiration, but not ever talk about being that. If you didn't have the society telling you those things, if you weren't born into uh, the pressure to believe those notions, you would eventually come to them on your own anyway, because all such notions come from within, within all of us. As thought, which, left to its own devices, is the pendulum producer, which is why it doesn't matter if you have peacetime or not, because peace contains and eventually produces its opposite when it is born of thought. Even if you choose to live as nonviolently as possible, the opposite of nonviolence is violence. So you're always going to have both. One represses the other, the other waits, bides its time. And that's true whether you just come out of the womb and discover it all for yourself <laughs> and contextualize it and form your own society or you're handed a society, you're handed a culture that, that has put regulations on these things, tampered them down uh, as the society sees fit. Either way, all of these things are you, these things that we say are out of our control. So when we're born into a, a culture, and we, you know, we are presented a choice to rebel against the rules, uh, break the taboos, or embrace them. Either way, we sort of see those rules and taboos and things as out there, out there uh, as a, a pressure to conform. Um, we can rebel against the, the pressure or not. Um, but the pressure feels as though it's it's from outside of us simply because it has been collectively agreed upon and lazily uh, unquestioned by enough people who just simply want to have meaning in their lives. Because to not have that is to be afraid and to know it. Well, it's time to say enough. We're done with this. And the only way to be done with it is to not do anything about it but simply to understand it, not judge it, not say good, bad, right, wrong, but really see the fact of it. I mean, of course, if it's not a fact, then you can say wrong <laughs> and go about your day. Uh, but you have to look at it, not just agree and disagree, not just change the subject to uh, some little anecdote that you heard in here and think, oh, that I can relate to, that I can talk to him about, um, or trying to play gotcha with me. Because this is another thing listeners love to do. And, of course, this is, um, this is just part of being public at all, as anyone out there who's public at all 
uh, knows, there are people who simply either feel challenged by you or want to challenge you so that they can feel justified in the lies that they live. And this is just what we do. There's no, I mean, it's just a fact. It's, there's no judgment here. This is what we do. And if you just look at it, if you just see it, and if you see that you're doing it, if you're honest enough with yourself to say, oh, I see that in me, it's easy to see in someone else. It's easy to listen to my stories about me um, or uh, hear a complaint about society and go, yeah, society. What about you? What are you avoiding? Take an honest, clear look and tell me that the answer isn't nothingness. The answer is nothingness. And nothingness is everything.